Hello everyone, uh, welcome to an all new Process Mining Cafe. Some of you may remember Process Mining Cafe from Process Mining Camp earlier this year, uh, where we brought back the speaker from the previous day in a follow-up conversation on the next day, where we went, went over the feedback from the community. Um, and yeah, so these, these cafe sessions, there was no formal presentation anymore. They were more conversational, free-flowing. It was really nice to be in contact with all of you and, and the community like that. And we, yeah, we, we were much uh, enjoyed that and we wanted to do this again. And at the same time, there are a lot of process mining topics, a lot of really interesting process mining topics that uh, do not fit into the traditional presentation-like format. And so, yeah, we have brought back these, the Process Mining Cafe to create a, a place for these topics. You're very much invited to join us, um, to join the discussion. Um, uh, you can uh, type in your questions and feedback um, while we are on the air right below this video in the, in the chat window. Um, just type in any name and um, click connect. If the name is already taken by the chat system, you just, it just generates a new name. It doesn't matter. And you can add your, your questions and your, your comments um, yeah, throughout the session and we will keep an eye on it and we'll try to pick it up uh, as we go along. Now um, it's time to welcome our guests. Uh, we have two guests today, um, Reis Erdmans and Erik Rotjes from Vivat. Vivat is a Dutch insurance company um, and Reis and Erik are um, operational excellence consultants and Lean Six Sigma Black Bells and they're responsible for process improvement projects at the company. Welcome Reis and Erik. Thank you. Hello, welcome. Thank you. Hi. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit and um, also tell us what you have done with process mining so far? Of course. Um, well, as you said, uh, we are both uh, operational excellence uh, consultants, internal, uh, always trying to make the processes uh, uh, better, better for the customer, better for the, uh, for the company. Um, we have a strong focus on, uh, on data. Um, and and also on on lean, and uh, with lean we we, we do uh, VSM uh, sessions, value stream mappings, and uh, that's uh, where we uh, describe how we think processes uh, go. And um, process mining helps us to uh, define how the process really go. So it's a really uh, helpful uh, um, uh, use for uh, for our uh, continuous improvement processes. Great. And um, yes, yeah, so this brings us to the to the project that triggered the topic for today's cafe session, um, designing the perfect data for a new IT system. So, can you tell us a little bit more about the project and what happened? Yeah, I can uh, answer that. Uh, uh, we started about three or four years ago with a new BPM uh, system. Uh, we have many different kind of uh, processes, and now it was time to. Uh, use a new system to improve those processes and also to um, well put all the the, the process we have in those uh, in that DPM system. Uh, and one of the main things then was, well, if we have a new BPM system, let's also try to get all the data out of it so we can use uh, process mining, for uh, example, to see how the processes go and um, well to help us also to improve those processes. Right, and maybe I can I can bring up a slide here that we prepared a few background slides for for the session today, where 
yeah, the, the old and the new situation are a little bit outlined, right? So what was the old situation and what did you want to achieve with the new system? Yeah, in the in the old situation, we uh, we knew we uh, uh, we got uh, a customer request. They come in, and we know when they come in, and uh, and we know uh, know when they go out. That's what we knew, and we also knew uh, the the number of people working on it. But uh, what happens in between, we didn't know exactly. Um, so um, we 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 have we had to work with with averages. Average handling time, average uh, uh, number of uh, files uh, people can uh, can process. Great. And so, so you had this new system, and in a way, you're in a very lucky situation, right? Usually, any process miner has to deal with the data that they have, and often there's something wrong with the data. There's data quality problems. You have to work around all these issues, and um, yeah, so you have to just use what you have but in in your situation you could actually influence the the data that was recorded by the new system right yeah that's correct um we we had one uh, we also had a real clear focus on what the what we need because one of the main uh things to start with the new bpm process was to uh, lower the costs mm -hmm. and so uh, one of the main things we really wanted to know and re what, what was really relevant for us is what is the handling time of all the different uh, 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 steps in all the processes so we had a real clear focus on what was needed but we, we need to know what are the exact costs uh, of every case handled uh, and the cost mainly by the handling time by our employees Right. So you knew you knew what kind of data you wanted, and uh, through your background and previous experience with process mining, you are also knew, um, yeah, how yeah. to make sure that the the data and the new system is actually suitable and perfect for process mining to support these types of analysis. And yeah, so when we when we talked about this project, um, yeah, Reis and Eric and I, we were thinking about yeah, that's uh, a fortunate situation that not every process miner is in, but you may very well find yourself in this situation at some point in time. And it's good to actually yeah make sure that you do um, create all the the data that you need. And there are some 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 common pitfalls or some 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 things you you can ensure um yeah to not to forget anything that's important and so um the thing is if if you're looking just at the the basic pros mining requirements right every pros miner knows um that there's these three minimum requirements that you need to have fulfilled for process mining. We need a case ID, um, we need uh, activity information about the steps that are happening in the process, and we need uh, at least one timestamp. But just ensuring these minimum requirements in the data is, yeah, would be better than not having those minimum requirements fulfilled. But um, yeah, it would be a pity if if that's all you do, because there are a few extra things that, if you have the chance, can really improve um, the analysis possibilities that you that you have with the data from a cross-mining perspective. So based on that, we have created a checklist um, of th uh, six points that we, uh, according, of our, uh, according to our experience, is important um, to, in, in addition to these three minimum requirements um, that are general 
for post mining that you want to keep in mind when you are creating new data in a new IT system. And so, yeah, so should we just start and go through the checklist? Reis and Eric, are you ready? Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so the first step um, or the first additional point on the checklist is to make sure all the relevant activities are being recorded. Do, do you want to say a little bit more about that? Yes. Um, well, as as, um, as I mentioned before, it was uh, uh, previous. It was an, uh, was a black box. We knew uh, a request of a customer uh, comes in, and we knew also when it goes out. But what happens in between? That was uh, the black box. So um, uh, with the new uh, with the new system, um, it was uh, recorded by by tasks. Every task is recorded with uh, with all the information. So. Um, Uh, now we know what happens uh, during uh, during a case, and uh, that gives uh, uh, the, the, the relevant extra information. Exactly. Yeah, we have it visualized here on on the slides, right? And you mentioned it in the beginning. You only had actually the start time of the whole case and the end time of the whole case, but yes. what's in between or happening any time throughout the case was not known at, at all. So at the top, that's like kind of the old situation where you have the black box and now you want to actually yeah see information about the tasks and from a process mining perspective on on this next slide here we illustrate what this means right essentially bef at the beginning you only had like the beginning and the end of the process and then now you want to actually see what's going on in between yes yeah that's correct yes so yeah how did you go about that did you um talk with a domain expert or did you already know the process to know which are the activities that should be recorded no we didn't know all the activities they uh, uh, we were using a system called pega and they had uh, a pretty extensive uh, logging of all the uh, everything that was happening um, all the, the steps in the process uh, we And, but we, we said at the beginning, well, okay, we need to know exactly what's happening. So give us all the, and we let's start with all the manual steps. So uh, and, and record that in the in the logging files, uh, including, of course, all the time steps and all the other things. But we'll uh, discuss it later on, I think. Uh, and give us all that information and make sure that we have it daily, so we can. Well, we have all the information yeah. every day available. Exactly, and it's it's always better to have too much information, right? If there's some of course less important tasks in between, you can always filter that out in the prospecting tool later. Yep. But if you don't have it in the first place, you you can't use it. Maybe before we go to the next point, I just wanted to um, yeah make an additional comment for the people watching um, that it's not just yeah the the point we're making here. All the make sure that you capture information about all the relevant activities is not just uh, applicable to a situation like um, Vivat was in before with the old system that there's no visibility at all and they're actually yeah, creating visibility in which activities are happening for the first time. But it can also be relevant for you if your old system already has some visibility and some activities are recorded but others aren't, right? So this may be your chance to capture those blind spots those yeah those missing activities that you don't have right now and to illustrate that i just want to show you here briefly uh, in disco so i have just like the example process up here where um 
what happens in the prospecting tool, of course, if you have missing activities in the data, activities that are simply not recorded, for example, because there are manual activities, because it's a phone call or something that doesn't happen through the system, um, then you won't see it in the data, right? So, for example, what could happen is if I'm looking just at the timing view, for example, here, looking at the mean durations, it might look as if between this activity here at the top, uh, where we create the request for quotation and then the next step, which says analyze request for quotation, it looks like there's 4.3 days on average, the mean duration. So on average, 4.3 days where nothing happens, right? But um, knowing the process, it could very well be that there's actually some manual activities that are happening in the process, in reality, that in between there's some work going on, but because it's not recorded, you don't see it. Now, as a process miner, right, you... That's a situation that's um, first and foremost, you need to be aware that you have this blind spot so you don't draw any wrong conclusions and you say, well, there's a lot of idle time where nothing happens, but you can interpret it in the right way and say, well, actually, yeah, I don't know. It's a blind spot that I have. And then depending on how big the delay is and the bottleneck in this part of the process, you can des decide whether you need to investigate it further. But if you do have these blind spots, this is the perfect opportunity to now add those missing activities um, and bring them into the picture as well. Um, yeah, which you have done completely from going from zero to 100 with, with a very detailed view here. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, let's come to the next um, point on the checklist. Um, in, yeah, in addition to having timestamps uh, at all um, and having information about the activities and their times um, yeah, at all, which is like the basic um, yeah, prerequisite that you want to fulfill. It's also a good idea to see whether you can get start and completion times for the activities. And, and the difference is that if you have a start and a complete timestamp for an activity, that the prospecting tool can actually differentiate um, what is active time, so when someone is actively working on this activity, and it can be separated from the, the idle time or waiting time in between steps right so the the passive time and so that can be that can give you additional information um that can be used for example for utilization analysis and um yeah just finding out how long activities are taking for example for cost analysis analysis right often the cost is related to the time of employees who are performing these activities so if you don't have the activity durations you are limited somewhat limited in the in the analysis that you can do and so in, in the process mining tool you see the difference in the process map if you have a start and a complete timestamp in the way that you have the durations uh, the activity durations are shown within the activity box and the waiting time is shown in between, right? So there's a, that's a time between completing the previous activity until starting the next activity. That's what's showing as, as the waiting time. Now, if you have just one timestamp, let me show you what the, the effect of that is. If we just um, yeah, go back to the import screen and let's just say that we don't have the the start timestamp. We just know when something is completed, right? So that's a, a common situation where you just have one timestamp. Um, mm -hmm. If we have this situation, we can still perform most of our analysis. We get the same process map. We can look at all the variants, all the yeah, all the different process flows, and even looking yeah, at the performance view, we can get most of the information. The, the the one piece of information that I don't have 
is a distinction of active and passive time. So how long each of these activities takes, we don't know. What we see is the time between the completion of the previous activity until the completion of the next activity. So that's essentially yeah, the, the time of waiting and the active time of the next activity all shown in this one path. And for many analysis, uh, it's still... Possible, So I would say my estimate would be 70% of all the data sets that people use for process mining probably just have one timestamp and you can do a lot with it. Um, one reason is that usually there's a, it's a big difference of, yeah, uh, an order of magnitude difference of how much um, waiting time there is compared to the active time, right? So for example, the, the time someone takes to perform a task may be just a few minutes or 15, 20 minutes, and then there might be hours or days of, of idle time. So you can still find out where in the process things are taking too long, and um, that can be helpful for your improvement projects to find out yeah, how to organize the process in a smarter way. Usually you don't want to make people work faster, but um, yeah, make it organize it in a smarter way to uh, have the end result delivered faster to the customer. But exactly these type of cost analysis you, you can't do and these detailed kind of uh, activity duration and utilization analysis you can't do. And I understand, Heis uh, and Eric, from what you said about the goals of the project, these types of cost analysis were yeah. also one of the ones that were important for you, right? Yeah, they were, they were absolutely crucial for us. If we, don't, if we didn't have it, it was also really useful, but for us, especially the, the, the handling time, uh, it was absolutely necessary to... Uh, get our business case also uh, yeah. yeah okay so yeah so let's go back to the to the next um to the next question or the next point on the checklist so the the, the third point that we yeah wanted to show you is that uh, if you <coughs> can influence the way the data is recorded it's really worth making sure that the timestamps are as precise uh, or as precisely recorded as possible. Um, so, um, yeah, for sure it shouldn't be just the date, but if you can, yeah, you have a time uh, for each of the timestamps and if you can even uh, milliseconds or as detailed as you can record them. And the reason is that, um, yeah, the prosmining tool uses the timestamps to sort the events in each case, right? And I'll, to illustrate what this means and what can go wrong if you if you don't have very precise timestamps, I'll just show you um, a quick example here on the slide where in the lower left corner you see an example data set where we have just dates. So all of the activities that are uh, recorded, we only know yeah, on which day they took place. And actually the, the order of those events are a little bit... Yeah, they are a little bit random and not correct. So, for example, for case number one, we can see that the first activity was created, so it should have been created, but then it was sent to the customer. Um, now, here it's not a problem because we know the order in which they took place based on the date, because the date is different, right? The created step took place on 1st of January and then sent to customer was happening on 2nd of January. So when you import this data set into Disco, it will reverse the order and they will come out correctly in the process mining tool. So you will see first created, then sent to customer because we know that due to the timestamps, right? The problem comes if you have um, activities with the same timestamp within the same case um, for which we don't 
know the the correct order so what disco is doing then it just leaves the events in the in the order in which they are in the in the in the data and this can then create some some noise in the process map right so if you're looking at the map you can see some kind of flows that are unexpected in this process which are not due to the way the process was performed but it's due to this specific data problem so there are ways to work around it as uh, many of uh, the process mining analysts out there had to deal with this issue and we have a um, yeah some some information about it also in the process mining book and essentially what you have to do is you have to pre-sort the data right so ideally if you have information about in which sequence the steps actually took place you can just use the sequence number to pre-sort the data and this will correct um, the results otherwise you can for example sort based on some kind of ideal sequence um, but yeah it's an extra step that you have to take and um, so on the other hand if we would have had more precise timestamps then we actually wouldn't have had to do all of these things and you have very clear information about when which activity happens and I understand uh, Heisen Eric that you also that was one of the things that you really ensured and paid attention to that this happens, right? So you really have on on a very detailed level, the timestamps are recorded over here. Yeah, we just saw a, a screen uh, screen dump from our system. And just to illustrate that uh, there, are, there are a lot of tasks, also some technical tasks where no, uh, uh, no one uh, really works on it, but it's just technical. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, they, uh, they go that fast. So uh, it's important to have the, the milliseconds to, to order them uh, right. Yes, exactly. And this, yeah. Was that something that came out of the box already, or is that something that you had to um, you had to change for the system? No, but what what uh, Gijs said earlier, uh, Pega has uh, a, a lot of logging, mm -hmm. and uh, this is also one of the the loggings that uh, that came uh, came with with Pega system. So that's uh, um, that 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 was that was okay for us, uh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. So, yeah, looking at the checklist, not just looking at the, that we have all the relevant activities and uh, with their timestamps, but also start and complete timestamps and precise timestamps. Now, the next thing um, is uh, has to do with the case IDs. So, of course, you need to have any case ID. If you don't have a case ID, you can't uh, discover a process map with process mining. But, yeah, the case IDs are a little bit... Yeah, the, the whole concept of a case ID is a little bit complicated for many people. And also processes um, can have multiple cases. So that's also something that you encountered uh, in your in your system, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, 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 for us, the ideal state would be that we have the whole uh, customer journey uh, in, in one uh, uh, in one case ID, but that was not the case because we had a, a, a different processes and the process had sub processes and they all had their own ID. There was some connection to get all those uh, case IDs together, uh, mm -hmm. but it was really, really important. Well, also important for us to get all those information together and one case ID for the whole customer journey. So what you did first, right? And we have it here on the slides up there for you to understand a little bit in more detail. Yeah. Is like, did you you picked one of those 
um, different case IDs and use it as the common case ID? And yeah, that's correct. Yeah, we had to, in this uh, case to change policy because that's the real business transaction. That's that's what's really happening to uh, the, to the policy to create files. Just we have uh, we received a letter from a customer and we have to make some file and then find out what we have to do with that uh, specific uh, uh, document. And the change policy also had a sub. Uh, processes uh, uh, called create quotes and they all had their own case ids but there was also a table that connects all those things together so we know okay if it's uh, in this case cpa uh, 244 uh, uh, it also belongs to the the sr case and also to the quotation case the qu362 uh, so we had one table that connects all these three different processes from one customer uh, request together Right. So, and, yes. And, that, and that, that helps because then you can, can visualize the whole uh, process, also with the sub processes and the parent and the child process. Right. Yes, because the case ID, that's, that's determining the scope of the process, right? Where it starts and where it ends. And if you're looking yep. just at these individual case IDs, then you're just looking at a very small piece of the process, but you can't look at the end to end process in, in any meaningful way. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and then th this is the end-to-end -end for for the, for the business process. Mm -hmm. But um, the, the next uh, step was to uh, also um, connect the, the the front office uh, with it. So um, um, a, a customer uh, calls us by phone, yeah. and it's it's um, it's in the CRM system, but it was not connected to the to the BPM uh, um, uh, process. And now we are able to to connect them. So um, we. Uh, that's where you go from from a from an internal business process to a to a customer journey uh, view. Um, when when does the process start for the customer when he calls us? Mm -hmm. it, uh, we create a file. We we uh, we uh, we change the policy and we have the whole view. Exactly. That's the the switch from yeah from going from just the the internal view to the view where yeah the the front office is also incorporated and the whole customer experience can be can be followed. Exactly. Yeah, and in yeah. the in the old system, so you had the the front office teams in the call center, and then the back office teams working on on these policy changes and things like that. Was there no connection at all that you could get in in the old system to to do these types of analysis? No, no, <laughs> no. It was not. Uh, it was not possible. Uh, maybe uh, if you uh, uh, if you look very hard, you can uh, you can. Uh, uh, put them together, but not not automated. Not uh, no. Yeah. Okay, so that's uh, that's really a big step. And I see also you have some some more things you want to connect in the the case ID scope to take an even broader view. Yes, maybe uh, the, 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 those are more arguments. Uh, um, uh, for example, the the, the, the customer satisfaction. Um, and uh, then we can differentiate from uh, uh, this process how how satisfact uh, satisfact is the is the customer uh, in opposite to, to another process or uh, complaints uh, do customer complaints what happens in the process and so we want to connect all those uh, arguments too yes uh, but also and that's uh, one uh, also the our online uh, environment because we uh, uh, want to change more to self-service uh, so the customer does his request online in his own uh, account and uh, that's the data we don't have 
connected at this moment in the whole view. So that's really something. If we have that, then uh, uh, in, in, uh, you have an extra part of the customer journey uh, available. Right. Yes. So I think that's a nice bridge that's um, bringing us a little bit to the next point, right? Because having additional information like, for example, customer satisfaction ratings that you um, collect in different places, if you can connect this to the customer journey, you can yeah, analyze the process in this view, like you explained. But also, um, yeah, you mentioned um, that... And yeah, so we we use the shorthand easily adding extra attributes here on the checklist. But yeah. that was the example that you that you had in mind, right? When we added this point, is that there's new? Can you can you maybe explain the example again a little bit more so people can use a specific yeah. form on the website? And yeah, yeah, we uh, post by mail, by phone, or even on also online. Mm -hmm. And what what of the things we uh, now if they do it online then we have it structured in our uh, system so if we need some extra documents we if it's done by a web form we are almost 100 sure that all those documents are uh, uh, fulfilled so we have everything available so Uh, our assumption was that when somebody uses a web form, the process would go a lot faster and smoother and uh, costs less because we don't have to manually check everything. Then when it's done not by uh, web form, but by phone or by, uh, by post or uh, email or anything. So one of the things we needed, if when this, this, this particular thing goes live, can we check in the data afterwards if somebody used the web form or not so we need to add in this case the an attribute uh, it was input by by a web form or or another thing so and what we learned is if you uh, make sure when you have the new system like in, uh, in our case pega that it's very make sure it's easy to add extra attributes so if you have this available you can check the day after if it's working or not yeah exactly yes that that was your recommendation right for the for the other process yeah. in the same situation because yeah you can't be sure you know all of the the attributes that that you want to no. analyze in the future um at day one but maybe new um, attributes might become relevant over time precisely i think this is a very nice example because that's if this is, is a new piece of functionality that yeah. um, didn't exist on the website before and you want to know how does it influence the process that's yeah. something that you yeah. want to check to be able to yeah. and it's and that's happening all uh, all day like uh, tomorrow we have another uh, mm. a request well we want to see if we put this on uh, what's the result does it uh, help with our uh, process so that's a continuous uh, a need for give us more attributes to see if uh, if it's working or not right yes yeah and yeah i can imagine that this enables really kind of fast and closed loop And a yeah. follow-up uh, analysis. Yeah, almost like uh, A-B testing, uh, almost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> On the process level. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very good. Maybe just in between, So we, one of the questions that we got from the people watching uh, live right now is, um, did you have a design of the process, uh, of, the, yeah, of the process for the new system as a, as a reference? So was there some some deliberate design going on? Yeah, when we, when we used a new BPM system, all the processes were... Uh, 
has been written out. What's going to happen? What are the all the the, the different uh, 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 yeah, thorough um, design of all the processes. But we started at uh, at one stage, so we don't put all the uh, uh, we uh, we have to start small. So. Uh, first a minimum uh, viable product and then go on and go on and go on and see where we can improve. Yes. Okay, great. So I think this uh, already brings us to to the last point that we put on the checklist. That was also uh, uh, yeah one of the points that you put on. Do you Can you explain what you mean by easy data access for analysis? Yeah, I'm not sure if that's also on the slide, but um, what we know is, well, I just made the, the example, uh, you need to know really, yeah, this is the, uh, you really need to know what's what's happening and you want it to have it continuously. So we don't want the data from a month ago, we want it every day again uh, to see what's happened, what happened yesterday. Uh, and that's what we also created. So we have all the data from the system every night uh, there's a dump to our data warehouse and uh, all the data of the process are in there um, and well here it's quite a big visualization because we don't use the data only for process mining we also use it for performance uh, uh, for reporting and uh, capacity management um, so that's what this uh, slide's about we make one big cube we have some uh, some uh, power bi um, Uh, uh, dashboards and some Excel uh, sheets, and we also use it for process mining to see where can we improve our process. And who has who has access to this to this data? The analysts or? Uh, yeah, ma mainly the analysts have uh, uh, the data available, but also all our employees. Uh, we also know. Uh, uh, it also helps steering uh, uh, the processes and also the, the, the employees themselves, they know exactly what was the work I did yesterday. Um, so the whole, well, almost everybody has uh, the information available, but the main, the, 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 the uh, improvements and uh, process mining, those are only a couple of uh, people who are really working to improve the processes. Right. So also the the operational teams, they can get some some data yeah. for their own. Uh, yeah, their own for their own team, their own uh, team, and their own analysis. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but it really means for you. So if you want to do a new process mining analysis, you can just get fresh data right away. You don't have to ask anyone yeah. or go to an IT department, request it, no. and wait for it. No, no, we it's have, all available. Uh, yeah, we have a direct access to the to the source data. So that really uh, that makes it really fast. <laughs> If you ask something now, I will have it in 10 minutes. So that's really, really useful. That's amazing. Yeah, and then together with the previous point, right, that you can actually add information, enrich the data by new parameters that you want to include in the analysis. Yep. It's really these kind of fast feedback cycles that you have there. Yeah. Yep. Okay, great. Yes, we get very detailed data, um, not just fulfilling the minimum requirements for process mining, but um, yeah, even more really high quality data at your fingertips whenever you need it. That's a great situation to be in. Um, Absolutely. Just um, yeah, just checking uh, with the with the community watching live right now. If 
we are also curious, right? So Gijs, uh, Eric and I, we were thinking about what are additional things that people really should ensure in a new system, in addition, of course, to, to the basic requirements that you always also need. Um, yeah, I'm curious if there's any additional point that you that you think should be added to this list. We, we would be really curious to hear about it. Um, you can edit now in the chat or also let us know later. Um, there's one question that I see Uh, someone asked a little bit earlier, and that comes back to the to the purpose of your project, um, triggering this whole new system. You said one of the goals was um, cost analysis, and um, the question is, why do you need to know the cost per customer? Um, are you thinking about an activity-based pricing model? Can you say a little bit more about that? Uh, yeah, we. it's also necessary for uh, activity-based costing. Uh, mm -hmm. We need. Uh, we use this information for our activity-based costing, wh where our, uh, we also have uh, information about the products. And, uh, well, that's for our uh, business, it's really useful to have. Right. Okay, I have one more follow-up question. Let me ask that too. Um, how are you obtaining the data from Pega? Are you able to retrieve it yourself in a self-service way? Um, or, yeah, because it requires iterations uh, to extract a new data set uh, and test a new hypothesis based on a new attribute? It's a little bit what you said before, but maybe you can say, mm -hmm. describe a little bit more in a practical way. How does it look yeah, exactly? Yeah, what we have every night, uh, Pega is uh, sending uh, an XML or a CSV uh, file to our data warehouse. And in the data warehouse, it's been scheduled that uh, just a couple of minutes after we receive it, uh, it's been in our whole uh, ETL uh, load. So then we have it the next morning at eight uh, o'clock or nine o'clock in the in our cubes and also in our uh, in all the databases we uh, we need the information. Yeah. So that's autom automated. If we want to add an extra attribute, um, there are a couple of uh, we know we can put it in one specific field and we use. An hashtag with the, some some subscription uh, that's uh, useful for us, and then we don't need to have any other extra um, uh, uh, ways to. Uh, uh, we, uh, we don't need any other um, uh, coding or anything. Yeah, no programming required. No, thanks. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> okay, excellent. Um, yeah, so one more question from the from the community is about um, the telephone data. So, yeah, you mentioned, I think if I can go back to the screen where you were showing that to look at the whole customer journey, you're also including the information from the front office, so the call center teams. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and they are asking now um, how and what telephone data is recorded. Um, every uh, uh, front office uh, employee um, registrates the, the call. So who is calling? Uh, um, uh, what was the subject? Uh, uh, some, some free uh, free notes. Uh, but also uh, the, the, the technical telephone data. Uh, how, how long did the call uh, last? Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, of course, uh, date and time. So it's um, a total registration and um, um, which we uh, uh, could connect with uh, with the other data. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, okay. So one one more question. Um, 
over here, um, you mentioned using Pega. I looked it up and it seems like um, there are also some tool choices, um, perhaps yeah, related to existing RPA infrastructures. So yeah, so they are wondering if if you have a greenfield uh, situation where you start from scratch all over, um, would there be yeah another event tagging logging framework you know something like that that you would recommend to other people? So that's more about the choice of the system. I'm not sure whether that's something you you want to talk about. No, I, I can't say anything really well i've i'm not i was not in in uh, there when they made their decision what kind of uh, system they use so i can't answer that question right yeah so you were not introducing the new system but you were no. getting the benefit of making sure the data is yeah. right for your analysis purposes yeah that's yeah Yes. So maybe. So I have one one last question. Also. So um, yeah, I'm I'm curious now that you, yeah, had the chance to create this data and to have these cycles and and fast possibility to to do fast analysis quickly. Um, yeah. What kind of analysis have you done already based on this new data? Are there any interesting results uh, that you can tell us about already? Yeah. There was, uh, for by example, there was uh, was some specific process. Uh, the, uh, the surrender quotation uh, uh, process, um, which we all had the idea, it uh, took a lot of time to to uh, process. But uh, where to start? Where do you start uh, uh, improve that process? And with uh, with this specific data we have now available, uh, we could zoom in and we saw that there was one uh, uh, one task that took significantly more time to process than other tasks so we could focus on that one and we could learn from it we we went to the employees talked about it what happens in that task um, so we were able to uh, to 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 reduce the time uh, for that specific task and uh, by result uh, the the total uh, handling time of that process uh, almost uh, uh, went down by 50 percent Wow, that's a that's a big reduction. Did did people have an yeah some some gut feeling, some intuition that this particular task was the problem, or were they surprised by this result? Mm. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, uh, sometimes when you ask uh, people, they say, uh, "Well, uh, maybe it's there, but uh, they they they're not sure and uh, point uh, at other tasks." But uh, just uh, have the data is to know. Uh, To know where it is and yeah. not have the the gut feeling, so that helped uh, helped us a lot. Yeah. So even if you do have an intuition, you can either disprove it or affirm yeah. where it is. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the mind of the people uh, 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 has the last example. So uh, if you uh, experienced today something, uh, 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 often this this comes up as, uh, as an as an uh, solution, but. Uh, um, <laughs> Then it's, a, then it's a small one, and if you if you have the data, you can you can uh, yeah you can uh, you you have it, and you can uh, uh, confront them with that and uh, talk about that. It's not uh, not just uh, the last experience they had. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you have an objective reference to to have this discussion and to yes. make good decisions based on that. Exactly. Okay, uh, really good. Let me see. There's um, yeah maybe one more question we can also uh, take take on before we close so there's uh, the question is how do you differentiate between open and 
closed cases is um, yeah sometimes it's also not so clear when it's a it's a case closed is yeah how how is this in your your process over here that you're talking about here yeah we we have uh, one attribute and that's the status of the case mm -hmm. and so we know when a case has been closed uh, we also know that we also make a selection when we are uh, analyzing the processes we only use closed cases mm -hmm. um, just to make sure that we it's, it just helps uh, making the right decisions right so we have the, the, the you know we have an attribute yeah so that's a very yeah very clear um, yeah. situation here yes. Okay, so well, um, yeah. Let me just bring up the checklist again as a as a last slide uh, while we close out the session. So, um, well, first of all, thank you all for for joining this uh, very first all new Prost Mining Cafe. Um, yeah, we we will share the checklist um, maybe in a week or so together with the recording. So, um, yeah, you you can you can look through the points again, and the next time you're in the situation to influence somehow the data that is recorded uh, for your post mining analysis, you can you can use them as a reference to make sure you you get also the perfect data like Reis and Eric uh, did. Um, yeah, Reis and Eric, thank you very much uh, for joining us today and for sharing your experience with us. It was really great to have you on the on the show today. <laughs> So, yeah, so what we will do is we will share the recording later. Uh, if you have questions or um, yeah, any feedback or comments that you want to share with us afterwards, you can also do that per email. We have a, a, a new email address that's called cafe at flexicon.com. So you can just send an email to cafe at flexicon.com. Uh, we'll also show it here in the, um, in the banner. And to yeah to let us know um, maybe topics you find interesting or any follow up points that you couldn't think of right now while we were uh, while we were talking in the session. Um, we also have already uh, a next uh, Prost Mining Cafe session planned, which will take place uh, in three weeks, just in the last week before Christmas on Wednesday, sixteenth sixteenth. December at the same time as today. Uh, our guest will be uh, Professor Hajo Reyes, uh, Professor for Business Process Management at the Utrecht University and Eindhoven University. We will talk about, um, yeah, we will review, look at the year that um, has just passed almost and uh, also what was going on in process mining research and, and other things. Um, we will add the new session to the calendar. So if you have already subscribed to the calendar, you will uh, see it Yeah, uh, show up there. If you haven't yet, uh, below this video on the website, you can um, yeah add the calendar uh, for the Prosmani Cafe, so you you're notified for about new sessions. Otherwise, just keep an eye on the blog, so we will um, yeah put out the announcement and uh, more information there very soon. Um, Okay, so thanks again, Reis and Eric. Thank you all for joining the session. Uh, I'll say uh, farewell, but not uh, for long. Have a nice week and see you all again very soon. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye.